Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by Justin Peach. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Here we are. This is it. Our Championship League table predictions and we're at the top eight. This is who we think, ladies and gentlemen, is going to get promoted. It's very exciting and it's also very interesting because... Justin and myself, we're nearly, sc- we're nearly scrapping at this point. <laughs> the rest of the table was fairly unanimous with uh, how we thought it was going to go. The top eight, we've dillied and dallied over uh, who's going to be where. And we still might end up scrapping yet. Uh, it's just because um, it, it, we've basically made two league tables and we've merged them together. We disagreed on quite a few when it got to the playoffs bit, but uh, you're about to find out where we put all these teams. So a few stats for you, Justin, before we crack on. The average finishing position of the favourite to win the championship is sixth. <laughs> That's Brentford at the moment. Only three teams who are favourites to win the league have actually done it this century. They were Newcastle, Man City and Leeds. So quite spread out. And uh, only a quarter of sides relegated to the championship have won promotion this century. That figure drops to a fifth in the last five seasons, only three out of the last 15 relegated sides have bounced back to win promotion. So um just goes to show that uh, it's not all said and done. It's not like how it used to be where the relegated sides usually seem to bounce straight back up. Justin, let's go to one of those sides who has been relegated because we've got Bournemouth in eighth. Now, this was one we disagreed on because you had Bournemouth quite a bit higher than me. Not in the playoffs, though. Um, why didn't you have Bournemouth in the playoffs? Um, I think they're a team that have suffered a lot over the past 12 months. I mean, you know, they, they, they went from a mid-table Premier League team to hemorrhaging goals and chances. Eddie Howe's left, which he was the heartbeat of that club for a while. So, as I say, you know, it, it, it feels like major surgery has been done and they're just trying to recover. That's what it feels like to me. They've got a tidy squad, but it's going to get cherry-picked by, by the... By the bigger teams because they they massively underachieved, underachieved last season with the players that they've got in this side and um, as I say that they're going to get picked apart because they're just looking at squad list the amount of quality they've got throughout the the, lead, the team now is just unreal. Yeah, there's there's plenty of quality there. There's no denying that. Um, but as you mentioned, the team is getting cherry picked. We've already seen the likes of Nathan Ake uh, and Ramsdale. They've both gone. Callum Wilson is. At the time of recording, about to go, but by the time you hear this, he probably has gone to Newcastle. Um, 
I would say, though, on the managerial front, that if Eddie Howe was still in charge, I'd be a bit more optimistic about Bournemouth bouncing back. But they've got his assistant, Jason Tindall, in charge instead. And we'll wait. We'll have to wait and see what he's like as a number one. But ultimately, there could very well be a transition period at Bournemouth, couldn't there? Yeah, and they, you don't really want that because I imagine their wage bill is pretty large and they're not mm. they're not a, a big line. I know no one's raking in money through crowds at the moment, but it's not like they have that to fall back on because it's you know it's a small 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 ground Dean Court. Um, if it's still called Dean Court now, I don't, I don't know. But um, <laughs> yeah, a big 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 budget uh, that they've got that they need to bounce back. There's pressure there. Can they cope with the pressure? That remains to be seen. Without Eddie Howe. They've lost a bit of bit of the the zest that he brought to the club, in terms of how they played. And um, Jason Tindall, no manager. Well, I know actually has had managerial experience before. I think at Weymouth, um, didn't go very well, obviously. Yeah. And obviously he went. He was assistant. He became assistant to to Eddie Howe. So we'll see. We'll see. Eddie Howe or any other manager, maybe the optimism would be there. But it, I just don't. I'm not bowled over by Jason Tindall, to be honest with you. Yeah, I remember his spell at Weymouth really well. <laughs> um, when I'm looking at the squad, and we, we have got to keep hammering home this point that there is still a month left of the transfer window. Um, so my initial thoughts on the squad are that it's quite thin. It doesn't seem like there's many players coming in either. Mm. It seems like the, the focus on the focus is on who's going out the door. Um, it will be very interesting to see who is still there come October 16th because... Uh, when you see the players who are still there, David Brooks and Josh King, if players like that are still at the club, they're going to be very good at championship level. The ones who I do expect to stay are ones like Dominic Solanke, for example. Mm-hmm. It's been well publicised how much he struggled, but he could finally kick on at this level and get some confidence back in him. Uh, Lewis Cook, Chris Meppham, Jack Stacey, Philip Billing. These were all very good players at championship level, aren't they, Justin? But the two big things for me are the disappointments of relegation and the manager, the lack of experience that he's got. It's I, I'm more um, worried about Bournemouth than I am optimistic for mm. them this season. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree. You know, it's a, it's a culture shift, isn't it? Well, sorry, they haven't suffered a culture shift that changing managers sometimes bring. They've 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 kept it in house. Obviously, Jason Tindall is basically Eddie Howe in in, in a way. Um, and as you say, there hasn't been a massive overhaul of new players coming in and players going out yet. Um, so, yeah, certainly there is question marks. But as you say, just the squad list there, you know, Solanke, Sam Surridge is there as well. He did well at Swansea in the first yeah. half of last season. Stanislas experience, I, I expect him to be pretty pretty steady. The players like Dan Gosling, been there and done it at Championship. And obviously Steve Cook as well. So there is there is optimism there in that sense because there are good players on the books but it's it's about who goes and maybe who they bring in if they bring anybody in to replace them worth pointing out as well but having big names doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win promotion does it we saw that with Stoke a couple of seasons ago Mm -hmm. when they had the likes of Ryan Shawcross everyone thought oh this guy is a Premier League player they'll bounce back up not the case I'm afraid uh, let's go to position 7th we're nearly at the playoffs Justin who's just missing out on the playoffs well didn't just miss out last season um, Swansea City yeah um, Steve Cooper did a marvellous job last season didn't he and I think he can do it again but we have just got them missing out I'll start with the positives because they are a very good side again 
and they are making the most of the loan system. Freddie Woodman is back between the sticks. He's a very solid keeper. Mark Gohe's back on loan as well, and he's someone who seems to be getting better and better. The big one is Morgan Gibbs-White, who I'm very excited about seeing this season. He's joined on loan from Wolves, and is someone who's been talked up for big things for quite some time, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do. They've signed Jamal Lowe from Wigan, who was fairly poor to begin with, at the start of last season, but seemed like a different player in the final third of uh, the season. And then Joe Roden's back fit. He's a Rolls-Royce of a defender. There'll be plenty of Premier League sides having a look at him, I imagine. Uh, Andre Ayew is still there as well for now. And uh, there's plenty of things to be excited about at Swansea, isn't there? There's so much potential there. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You look at the, the average age of the squads, I mean, other than Andre Ayew, and Wayne Routledge, uh, I think Nathan Dye is still there as well, um, it's, and Carnot. And it's 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 a young squad. It's a very young squad with a lot of potential, um, and it's so frustrating that even just a tiny bit of investment in this team, and I think Steve Cooper could turn them into a, an e- easy money for the playoffs in, in my books. But it's just you know that, that that little bit of investment, as I say, just isn't there. It isn't there for them. But bringing in the likes of Jamal Lowe, Morgan Gibbs White is shrewd business. Jamalo almost a flip of a switch, wasn't it? He was poor and then incredible um, in the space of in the space of three or four months. And then Gibbs White's got so much to prove, and he's going to be under Steve Cooper, who obviously managed him in that under um, England under 17s squad that won the World Cup. So there's there's a link there. I'm excited by the Swansea team. You know, we say that they're going to finish seventh from just miss out, but anyone in that top top eight can can easily finish or finish out of the playoffs, finish in or out of the playoffs. That's true. It won't surprise me if Swansea did manage to break into the playoffs again and maybe even go even further. It, mm. I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me considering um, the, the only negatives that I've got against them is that, uh, and this is quite a big negative in fairness, in fact, but they both are, uh, Matt Grimes might be leaving to go to Watford. As I said in the previous episode, he is, for me, the most underrated player in the Championship. I think he's class. Uh, the other one, is fairly obvious, but this might be addressed come the end of the transfer window is uh, who's going to play up front. Obviously, they had Rian Bruce the last season. He's mm-hmm. gone and they could really do with someone else because at the moment of time, off the top of my head, I can't think of another striker that they've got. Uh, so <laughs> that needs to be addressed. Um, but Swansea fans will be asking if they keep Grimes and get another striker in, would we have them top six? I'd say I, I probably would. I'd agree. Yeah, I would. Yeah. At the moment in time, i just say there are more well-rounded teams than the Swans. Um, that's if Grimes and they don't get in another striker happens. Uh, let's go to the top six, Justin. We're at number six. We've gone with Stoke City, which is one we kind of disagreed on. You had Stoke in the playoffs, didn't you? But I had them finishing third. I'm feeling very optimistic about Stoke this season. Uh, that's mainly because every season there's at least one team who jump from the bottom half into the promotion picture. I'm backing Stoke to be that side. What do you think? I think I've been hurt too many times by Stoke to them <laughs> to, to to even consider putting them in the playoffs. Yeah, I had them to finish eighth, but um, let's like, let's be honest. They've got one of the best squads in a division. They've had one of the best squads in a division for the past three seasons, and it's not well. Sorry, for the past two seasons, and obviously going into this season, it's not just not worked for them for whatever reason. Um, but but um, Michael O'Neill's adding experience into the side, which I think. That's what he. That's what he likes. We, we've seen that with Northern Ireland. That's what he likes. So who knows? They they could finally bridge that gap, uh, big gap, <laughs> um, uh, of getting into the playoffs. It, they they need to to be honest with you because it's a big budget 
big budget there. Um, there'll be a high turnover of players if they don't. The thing is with Stoke, uh, the reason I'm so excited about them this season is one reason in particular, and that's because if I could pick any championship manager to be in charge of my side, I would pick Michael O'Neill. The turnaround, the turnaround he's made at Stoke, it's just unreal. Since his appointment, Millwall were the only side outside of the top six who won more points than Stoke. And when you consider the position they were in, that is very impressive. Um, if he was in charge during the first few months of the season, last season, then you could, have, you could even argue that Stoke would have been in the playoff picture. It's quite hard to deny it, really. Um, now he's got a full season in front of him and he's managed to add in a few names to the squad, as you've mentioned, uh, experienced names at that. Stephen Fletcher coming off the back of his best goal-scoring season with Sheffield Wednesday. Wouldn't surprise me if he goes even better this season. Morgan Fox also had a great season with Wednesday. John Obi mckells come in. And when you start putting their team together, it's very tidy. Adam Davies, yeah. you love him. He's in goal. Um, three at the back. Lucas and Mikel in midfield. Nick Powell behind the strikers. Nick Powell, on his day, is one of the best players in the division, isn't he? And if they manage to, if Michael O'Neill manages to get the best out of him, it could be sensational. And then up front, yeah, I imagine it'll be Stephen Fletcher up front with who knows. You could choose from Tyrese Campbell, who is a very exciting young player. Lee Gregory, maybe even Benicophobe Justin. We forget that he's there and. We all know what Benicophobia can do. I really like this Stoke side. And I think they'll definitely be <laughs> in or around the playoffs. Maybe even higher. You can see, you can sense my excitement, Justin. Talking about yeah. Stoke! It's uh, it's almost unbearable. Um, <laughs> in, all, in all fairness, I, I'm, yeah, I say I've got a squad sheet here. and It, it does look good. You, you forget players like Josh Tymon, Thomas Verlinden. Sorry, not Thomas Verlinden. Uh, Thibbert uh, Verlinden. Um, and obviously Joe Allen to come back from injury. <laughs> It is a good squad, but as I mentioned at the very start, I wanted to get in at the very start the fact that they've had a good squad over the past few seasons and it's not quite worked out. Maybe they've got the right manager now in place to to get the best out of them. That might be the that might be the extra thirty forty percent they need to just get them into the playoffs. And then, in all fairness, Michael O'Neill's a man you want in a playoff campaign as well, isn't he? He's one of the best tacticians in the league by far. One of the best man managers, definitely. Mm -hmm. He's the way he's turned um, the confidence of these players around because they were really low on confidence, weren't they? They were. He had experienced players playing terribly, making daft mistakes, and he's cut that out. When you say maybe uh, one of the best managers in the league for me, he definitely is. I've got no questions about it. I I, I think Stoke can go better than sixth this season. Um, We'll just have to wait and see, won't we? Let's go to Millwall in fifth, Justin. It's going back to what we were just saying about Stoke. No side outside of the top six picked up more points last season than Millwall since the appointment of Gary Rowett. He has got the club moving very rapidly in the right direction, hasn't he? Correct. 100%. He's... I rate Garrett really highly. I know he's got a lot of flack over the years, um, but especially I, from Derby fans, Derby fans, Stoke fans, Forest fans to an extent. Not not big, not not his biggest fan, but for me, he's one of the best. Organized, getting teams organized, um, and his football. I think it is underrated at times. You know, he's associated with defensive lump ball football, but I think that's pretty harsh. I, you know, we've seen some good football be played under him, and. There's, there's no sort of bigger example than that and probably Millwall at the moment because 
for me, he's transformed the stereotype of Millwall lumping it forward. I know Matt Smith was a top goal scorer last season, but I said to you, I said to you at the weekend when we were discussing it, that Matt Smith only scores Matt Smith type goals, and that <laughs> that makes complete sense to me. Um, but for me, he's transformed this team into a lot more conventional, a lot more functional, a bit more fluid than than it ever was. And he was the nat- well, not natural. He was a he was the the best successor. Um, from sort of Neil Harris type football uh, to, to what it is now and he's, he's he's certainly getting the best out of players you look at Mason Bennett for example career looked to be going nowhere and it's revitalised a bit now under Rao it's got to stay fit um, and I think I think he can get a lot more out of this team the only thing that might let him down perhaps is, is the squad depth but there's a lot of versatile players there yeah, definitely. I, I really rate Gary Rowett as well. The one thing that you can hold against him is he's never really got a team over the line. Derby, for example, got them into the playoffs, but then couldn't get them past the final hurdle. Um, and then Birmingham, he made loads of progress there, but ultimately didn't Not fully accomplish anything there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, but I think he can definitely make progress again with Millwall and go one better and get into the playoffs. One of the main reasons for my excitement about Millwall is the signing of Troy Parrott on loan from Spurs. It's a very exciting. Out of all the players in the championship, he's the one I'm looking forward to seeing the most because he is someone who has been very highly rated for quite some time. And there were calls for him to be playing for Spurs regularly last season when Harry Kane was out injured. And you get the feeling that if he hits the ground running, he could end up having the same impact in the championship as we've seen with the likes of Rian Brewster or Tammy Abraham. And uh, carrying, kind of carrying on with that point, Millwall were relying heavily on goals from Jed Wallace and Matt Smith last season. Parrot should go at least some way to easing the burden. Um, so that's the attack sorted. And then Millwall have one of the most solid back lines in the championship. So you've got a defence that doesn't concede many. And you've got a front line that scores a lot of goals. That's usually a good thing in football, isn't it? Not conceding many and scoring goals. <laughs> it does It does help and it does get you up the table. <laughs> I like teams who don't concede goals and score goals. Um, yeah. it, it's great. But, you know, as well as that, you know, there's there's no, like, standout names in, in the midfield, for example. But my, my, they, they work hard. They're, they're box-to-box players. You're looking at Ryan Leonard, um, a, a real box-to-box high-energy player. And, you know, you, you add in the... The, the skill and composure that Ryan Woods has because at, at one point Ryan Woods was the best midfielder in the division let's be honest um, when he was at Brentford yeah yeah when he was at Brentford um, and again another astute signing so it, it's hard not to be excited by this Millwall team and plus they've got the best away kit I think I've ever seen it's very nice we put it's, it on Twitter and people were saying oh it's not actually that nice I was like are you blind I love it's it it's beautiful I love it mm. it does help that the sponsor isn't as you know Grotesque. obvious as some yeah others will really stand out and almost ruin the shirt well um i don't want to say the names because i because <laughs> they haven't paid us to um, <laughs> but it, it does look uh, it does look very nice i might actually get myself one anyway back on to the topic at hand it's not all perfect at Millwall, admittedly it's great that they have got ryan woods back on loan because um he is a superb player and he looks to uh, get, be getting back to his best at Millwall. Um, but they, they could do with someone next to him. I know you mentioned Ryan Leonard there. I think if they manage to get another midfielder to replace Jason Malumbi, who hasn't come back on loan, 
yet. I don't know if he's been linked with a move back, but he might. He might do. Um, then I think that would be a massive plus for them. And I think they could also do with another winger because I'm not particularly sold on Shane Ferguson, Mason Bennett or Conor Mahoney. But if they sort out those positions, then Gary Rowett's boys could go really well this season. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I do agree. I do think we, uh, the wing position is, is something to 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 look at. You look at Jed Wallace, perfect. But then the other side is like, oh, Yuri Skalak, Conor Mahoney, Mason Bennett. Yeah. Yeah. Could be could be better, couldn't it? Right, we're at the halfway <laughs> we're at the halfway point of the show. We'll get on to our top four just after this. It's a little known fact that when Justin and I record these shows, nine times out of ten we're wearing a classic football shirt from years gone by. And where do we get them from? Classicfootballshirts.co.uk In fact, as I record this, I'm wearing my PSG shirt with Thiago Silva on the back. Alternatively, I could have worn my Juventus shirt, Dortmund shirt, Blackburn shirt. I could go on. We're big fans of classic football shirts here because they offer you classic football shirts at a great price. And it's not just shirts either. Oh no, dear listener. There's also training wear, tracksuits, shorts, socks, you name it. And I can guarantee they'll have something for your club. So head on over to classicfootballshirts.co.uk or visit them in-store in either London or Manchester. Welcome back to the Second Tier Podcast. We're doing our league table predictions and we are here at the big points. It's the top four of the championship. Well, who we think is going to be the top four anyway. Justin, it's one that we've disagreed on again. It's Nottingham Forest. We've got them down as fourth. You're much more confident about Forest's chances this season than I am. And uh, Forest fans also seem quite split on how the season's going <laughs> to go as well. The th- now, the thing is, for me, I'm worried about a potential hangover from how last season ended. Three wins from 15. When someone has a dramatic downturn in form like that, for me, you can't rule out the possibility of it carrying over into this season. Is that not something you're worried about? It, do, it does cross my mind. But then again, I think that the players that Forrest have added to the squad, <clears throat> I think uh, they're really good players. They're, they, they're going to slot straight into the first 11. Um, so I don't think a hangover as such is is going to be affected. And that I imagine that was a big inquest. The pressure is would be on Lamushi, but... The players have got themselves to blame as well because the way they let it slip, for example, against against Stoke in that last game of the <laughs> season was was horrendous. And Lemouche can't do anything about that. I know he went too defensive, but maybe he wasn't overly trusting of, of of what was there. But what Forest have got here is we know how big the squad is. They've got a squad that's full of quality, really good young players coming through, and the fact that they've managed to add Luke Freeman in there. Mm, yeah, this is a good side. I was toying with them either finishing the automatics or sort of third or fourth you know so it was, it, I was really I was really split on, on that but certainly certainly a playoff finish is on the horizon I'm not as convinced as you um, you said the end of the season for Forest was horrendous it was horrendous but also very funny I will add that um, <laughs> you mentioned the inquest I, th- I think that will have been the case Forest would have if there was really something wrong then they would have got rid of Lamushi. I, th- I can mm. agree with you on that um, so they have stuck with Lamushi, but you say he's not under pressure. I still think he is under pressure. No, he's under pressure. Oh, sorry. Um, if they start badly, then 
it could he could be gone very soon. Um, I think we'll find out very quickly what shape Forrest are going to be in, and I get the feeling this season could either be very good or massively disappointing. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, let's talk about the business because there's the obvious headline in the transfer business that's happened at Forest: uh, losing Costel Pantilamon. It's a shame. It's a really. It is. It is a shame. I'm. I'm good. That's I a joke. Good. That's a joke. Uh, Matty Cash going to Villa. He was their best player last season. There's no arguing about that. Is mm. that um, who's going to play instead of him? Isn't particularly obvious at the moment. It seems like it's going to be Carl Jenkinson. And his career has deteriorated very quickly over the past few seasons. <laughs> so I, I wonder if they're going to get someone in to replace him. Um, they have also got Dericua, um, whether he plays. Who knows at this very moment in time. But there is loads of great business as well in terms of incomings. Lyle Taylor being the main one. Uh, what that means for Lewis Graben, I'm still not too sure. Uh, there's been talk of those two playing up top together. I just can't no. see that happening. No, it's not going to happen. No. Uh, too so, yeah, which is why when we said on last week's episode, um, it was a weird move, I thought. But nonetheless, uh, Luke Freeman has come in as well. And he was superb for QPR a couple of seasons ago. Uh, and Jack Colback has been brought in to replace Ben Watson in midfield. So if you go through the team one by one, there's a lot to like there. The main question, as I say, the main question mark is whether there's going to be a hangover uh, and possibly something not being quite quite right at Forest, potentially behind the scenes. I think Forest fans would take fourth now if you offered it. Mm. Um, but this season is either, for me, going to go very good or very badly. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much how the end of the season was, wasn't it? It was, it was very good up until the 89th minute in that Stoke game. <laughs> um, but well, You say that, though, but it did... The form did drop off a cliff. It did, it did. Before it did. that, didn't it? Yeah, no, it, it did, but they were still in the playoffs at that point. You'd, you'd have been happy with a playoff finish, but it, 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 it collapsed. But, you know, the more we talk about it, I guess the, the, the worse it is for Forest fans because you talk about the hangover. There might not be a hangover. They might they might be absolutely, mindset would be perfect. But as I say, you know, you bring in the likes of Lyle Taylor who scored 10 in, sort of, I think 10 in 25 for Charlton, didn't create many chances. That means he puts his chances away. Lewis Graben, the pressure's now off him. Um, and Luke Freeman, the amount of chances he will create in that Forest team is, is going to be important. But, you know, that for me, they've got a very good spine. The likes of Worrell, um, Figueredo, Samba, Yates in, in midfield, and obviously Freeman and then, Taylor or, or Graben it's, it's a good squad and I think any any talk about hangover will be it'll be gone in the first few games well we'll, we'll have to wait and see we might um, listen back to this at the end of the season and think oh what were we worrying about um, alternatively we might go yeah we saw that coming <laughs> who knows let's go to third Justin now this is possibly the one we disagreed on the most because you had this team to win the league Yes. I had them to finish sixth, and I was toying with the idea of maybe having them a bit lower. Uh, but that's Norwich City who we're gone with. Uh, so, from my perspective, uh, the first thing we need to mention is Norwich were terrible in the Premier League. I don't think they got the criticism they deserved at times because <laughs> they were really, really bad. Uh, there's that, and as I've mentioned before with the other relegated sides, the disappointment of getting relegated, it does leave a mark on the confidence of these teams. Why are you so uh, confident that Norwich are going to have a good season? Because even when they were really crap, they were still playing their own type of football. And that, for me, is confidence in your own system. Yeah, maybe you can argue that 
why hasn't he changed it up to be a bit more solid? But I think there's a long-term plan here for Norwich City and that, that continuity for me is going to serve him better. And the fact that they kept hold of, okay, Jamal Lewis, by the time the episode goes out, would have probably gone by then and maybe one or two more. But oh, pound for pound, in the, in the, the, the squad's ridiculously good at championship level for me, even even without Jamal Lewis uh, and such. They're in, they're in a good position financially as well, as we've seen. You know, he's spending £5 million on Jordan Hugel. That tells you that they are confident. They brought in Ben Gibson as well, which I think's, I think that's... You, you didn't rate the signing, but I think it's a, one of the best signings of the window so far. Yeah. We'll get on to the signings in just a bit. I'm not anywhere near as confident as you about the squad. Um, I mean, I did have Norwich sixth, and he sounds like... What I'm about to say sounds like um, I don't rate Norwich, Norwich's chances at all. Um, that's not the case. One player in particular whose confidence I'm worried about is Timu Pukis. Because I don't care who you are. If you're a striker who hasn't scored a goal in eight months like Puki has, that's going to affect you. And it might just be a case of he just needs to get one and then he starts putting them away again. But I'll be very surprised if he manages to get 29 goals again this season. Uh, the players they've brought in, I'm not convinced by. Norwich fans seem to think Kieran Dell is this midfield maestro. He got five goals and three assists last season, and four of them came in one match against a very bad Hall side. And then Jordan <laughs> Hugill is a steady striker. Not someone I'd want if I was aiming for a promotion, though. And then Ben Gibson's only played one league game in two years. So you've got to have question marks over all these players. But as I say... I do. I'm. I am giving Norwich a good chance of going up. When you've got a manager like Daniel Farker, who knows how to win the league in the Championship, it's an obvious advantage. And then a lot of these players are very talented, like the likes of Todd Cantwell, Emmy Brendio. We're not sure if he's going to be there at the start of the window, but if he does stay, he's going to be one of the best players in the division. I just worry about the mindset that these players are going to have after what was a very tough 13 months. I think. Uh, com- completely opposite to that I think their mindset is going to be fine I think they're going into the season refreshed they knew they were going to go down well before the end of the season so I don't think there's going to be a hangover like there would be perhaps for a Watford or a Bournemouth who was the last it was the last game of the season wasn't it um, I, I, I'm and they've got experience throughout that team they've got a lot of experience throughout that team Tim Krull for example been there and done it Ben Gibson as we mentioned Grant Hanley Zimmerman Tim Closer these players have, have, have been there and done it even for Norwich, you look at closer, he's been up and down with Norwich. I don't think it's going to be that hard for them to adjust back to the Championship, and they've got they've got the 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 most collect squad in in the league by far for me. I completely disagree with that last statement <laughs> uh, because I think uh, one of the teams we're about to mention is ahead of them in that in that in that case. Um, but let's move on to our top two. If you've been listening all along, you might have probably guessed who this is now. In second place, Justin, who have we got? We've got Cardiff City. One of the rare teams we actually agreed on. We both had Cardiff to finish second, which is miraculous. Um, Since Neil Harris took over at Cardiff, he's lost six games out of 30. No side in the Championship has recorded fewer losses. And... I was very doubtful of Neil Harris when he came in at Cardiff. I'll admit that straight up. Uh, He's won me around massively. Mm. And his ability as a manager now is clear. They're moving in the right direction under Neil Harris. And the most important thing Cardiff have got in their squad is a squad full of experienced players. They know how to win the league. And that's going to be so important this season. Definitely, definitely. You know, the the games, as we mentioned uh, in the previous episode, the games are coming um, thick and fast. And for a team like Cardiff who don't, play high energy football 
for example, you know, they don't press teams to, to high heaven. They're incredibly structured, as we mentioned with, with Gary Rowett, the transition from, from, from Millwall, from Neil Harris's structured sort of organised football to, to something you know, a bit more attacking. This is going to play into um, to Cardiff Sands very well. And I said it last week, um, Keith Moore, very, very dangerous uh, for a Cardiff City team under 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 Neil Harris. You might have crosses they're going to put in the box. And Cardiff have got a good collection of wingers as well. When you think back to the likes of um, Mendes Lang, Hoyler, Josh Murphy. That's a good. Uh, that's a very good, uh, good group of, of wide players who are going to get plenty of balls into the box. So for me, <laughs> it's it's hard not to pick Cardiff to, to finish in the top two. To be honest with you, yeah, I, I'm not as convinced about the wingers as you. Um, for me, they're quite often very inconsistent. Murphy, in particular, he's always had the potential to be a very good player, but he has the one thing that he always has against his name is inconsistent and that's something that will need to change uh, Neil Harris has indicated he wants to strengthen the side still and I imagine out wide would probably one of those air- be one of those areas that he'll look at and think yeah we probably need to add something here but the rest of the side is incredibly solid and experienced especially at the back Curtis Nelson has been a revelation since uh, joining from Oxford. And next to Sean Morrison, they won't concede many next season. The midfield, (laughs) pack, volks, rolls, as industrious as it gets. Uh, One of the issues was scoring goals. Lee Tomlin was their top scorer last season. He got nine. And as you mentioned with Kiefer Moore, he could be the signing of the summer, Justin. He really could, because he's someone who's getting better and better as a player. In the second half of the season with Wigan, he was almost unplayable at times and even when he's not scoring he's going to be bullying defenders with uh, the crosses that come in and he is a very tidy player as well he, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him play I imagine he'll definitely get at least double figures uh, next season and uh, he might go on I was going to say even if he hits 10 goals you've got the likes of Robert Glatzel who for me I think he's going to have a good season next season he took him a while to adjust last season didn't really get going until after lockdown but say for example, Neil Harris plays four four two, and you've got Glatzel and Kiefer Moore up front. There's a lot. There's a lot of damage there. And even if you play four two three one with Lee Tomlin in behind Kiefer Moore, there's a lot of a lot of damage there as well. So they they're, they're flexible in how they can play. And for me, that's why they can. We've not even we've not even spoke about Callum Patterson and his versatility and his knack <laughs> for scoring goals wherever he's playing, whether it be right back or or as a striker. So there's there's you know depth. Uh, quality and depth all over the pitch and the versatility helps in that as well and obviously like the likes of Moore and Glatzel as a striker uh, as a forward pairing is scary for defences for me yeah definitely uh, as, as a team going for promotion you don't necessarily need a striker who's going to get 20 goals um, a season mm. do you and Kiefer Moore I think he will get a decent goal tally next season I think he could end up having one of his best seasons ever. He, he has been prolific when he was at Barnsley in League One. He was very prolific. He's not particularly um, showed how prolific he is in the Championship, but with a decent supply line like he'll get at Cardiff, I think he will. Anyway, we've got Cardiff second. I'm very confident of Cardiff at least getting in the playoffs again this season and having a very good season once again under Neil Harris. Are you? I, I, it's hard to disagree. I've already said what I've needed to say. I love Cardiff under Neil Harris. Pretty much wax lyrical last season when Neil Harris went. I, yeah, there's nothing else for me to say. I, I'm all for it. Yep, and the champions, Justin. We have got Brentford as our champions. Now, 
when we made our separate league tables, I had Brentford top. Justin disagreed, but mm -hmm. because um, he had them... Did you have them third or fourth? It fourth. Was, I had them fourth. Yeah. Uh, because I'm so uh, forceful with my opinions, Brentford <laughs> are top in our predicted league table. Um, I'll go... I'll explain why I think Brentford are going to win the league. I think it is Brentford's <clears> time. At this moment in time, we don't know if Ben Rama and Watkins are staying. I imagine Watkins will eventually move to Villa or someone else in the, in the Premier League. Um, but if they keep Ben Rama, then it's obviously a massive bonus. But if they don't, then I still think Brentford are going up. <laughs> they had a poor start to last season and that cost them ultimately. And that was down to a number of things such as Ethan Pinnock taking a bit of time to adjust and Ben Rama not being 100% fit. That's not going to be a problem this season. The defence is the best in the league. For me, it was the best in the championship last season, including Leeds when you go through player for player. The midfield, Jensen and Norgard would walk into any championship side and maybe even a few Premier League teams. Josh De Silva is going to be even better this season because he's still a young lad. And then you've got the likes of Shandon Baptiste and Emiliano Marcondes as well. Up front, BMW may well be over Justin, but Brian Bremo is going to be even better this season, which is scary. Ivan Tony has been brought in to replace Ollie Watkins. He's got 24 goals in 32 games last season with Peterborough. And the goals aren't going to stop now he's playing in a Brentford side that creates chances for fun. And finally, it's looking more and more likely that Ben Rama might actually end up staying, um, which for me would be game over in the Championship. But if he doesn't, then Tariq Fosu will come in. And sure, he's not as good as Ben Rama, but in short cameos um, from what we saw last season, he had. Um, he, he was great. He he can be dynamite in that front three. And you've also got to add in the new stadium as well. I think that will give the whole club a massive boost in terms of morale. Now, why aren't you as sure? You, you've got to emphasise you've had Brentford finish fourth. Though you, yeah. you still think they're going to have a very good season. Mm -hmm. Why don't you think they are going to get automatically promoted? You talk about the word hangover for Forest, And, OK, there might be a bit of hangover for Forest, but... Brentford suffered two setbacks last season. Not only did they miss out narrowly, you know, two points um, from from, from the automatics. Yeah. You know, all they had to do was beat Barnsley, team team down there. All they had to do was beat Barnsley, and, and unfortunately, to be to be quite frank, they choked. Um, they nearly, you know, did it in the same same in the playoffs, lost to Swansea, and then going into the playoff final, we weren't really sure what kind of game it was going to be, but they they, they struggled to. To, to match Fulham at times and I just didn't think they rose to the occasion unfortunately and which is a shame because I like the Brentford team it's, it's, it's a good team full of good players but the the two times they needed to come up last season they didn't they 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 hid at, at, well might, might be a bit harsh but for me they, they were they were hiding at times the best players didn't come to the fore you know Ben Rama was poor um, against Barnsley and really poor against Fulham for example so that's for me is the reason why I'm not completely convinced, and also there's a factor of Watkins leaving, Ivan Tony maybe taking a bit to get up to speed because he came quite late in the window. He's only been there a week, week and a half, so it might take him a bit of while to get up to speed. But it's a good, it's a good side, and the, we know the quality that they have. So that that there for me are the reasons. For me, player for player, this squad is head and shoulders above anyone else simple as that i do admit after seeing them not perform 
in um, the more important games like the Barnsley game and the Fulham game. That is a concern. But for me, that is... We keep having this theme of question marks and how many question marks we can have against these sides. That's the only question mark I have against Brentford. I don't have any other question marks particularly because they're a very good side. A very, very good side. And if the season had lasted a couple of weeks longer, they would have been automatically promoted. Um, You talk about hangover. I'm not sure that's going to be the case. Leeds and West Brom both got automatically promoted last Mm. season. They both lost in the playoffs the season Mm. before. So I I don't think that really matters. I think Brentford are the clear favourites by far. And I'll be very surprised if they don't finally secure promotion next season one way or, or another. That's, um, that, there's arguments for and against it, and the, you know that's why we why we do the podcast is because we it's, it's good that we've both not agreed on especially the top six. Otherwise, it'd have been a very boring podcast. Um, so you know, for us to have these different opinions is is it, you know, it's quite balanced, and I think we've both added really good points as to why we think Brentford might may or may not um, win the league. Um, and that for me is why it's going to be one of the more unpredictable leagues next season because you've got Bournemouth and Watford coming down with the squads that they have they might walk the league next season they might walk the league and Brentford might be pipped again it's it's very hard to judge because of the, the circumstances we're in but we're certainly gearing up for I think one of the most exciting and close um, leagues we've had for a while saying yeah. that after last season <laughs> I I'd, I'd definitely agree that this is probably the most open championship we've had in a while mm-hmm. last season you could have when you were talking about the teams who were definitely going to be challenging for the title you could have said uh, Leeds Brentford West Brom Forest you could have picked five or six teams couldn't you who you said mm-hmm. were going to definitely be challenging for uh, automatic promotion this season um, I'd say in my personal opinion Brentford but you can't necessarily uh, pin down too many teams who you think are going to be amongst it come the end of the season. It's mm-hmm. so open, and that's why we love the championship. You never know what's going to actually happen, and teams all over the place. We were talking earlier about Stoke, weren't we? Stoke. Uh, yeah. we, we've seen teams in the past who have gone from the lower mid-table area to challenging automatic promotion, maybe even winning the league. It's so open, and that, dear listener, is why we love the championship. We'll be back on Sunday when we will be back into our normal routine, Justin, where we'll be going through all the games one by one again. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, I, was, I, I, I am, but I'm still kind of scared because we, we, we're going to be seeing a lot more, a lot more of each other next season. But when you said Sunday, I was like, oh, God, the season's coming around already. <laughs> it's like we've had a couple of seasons in like the space of eight weeks, but you know that's that's um, that's COVID football. For it's you. a weird time we're living in, but you know. We'll be looking back on this in a few years' time and go, that was a bit weird, wasn't it? So, yeah, <laughs> we're here, so we may as well enjoy it while it's here, I suppose. So, ladies and gentlemen, these have been our Championship League Table predictions. Thank you for listening to the past three episodes. We'll just quickly run through who we've got and where. In 24th, we have Wickham. 23rd is Wednesday. 22nd, Rotherham. 21st, Huddersfield. 20th, Reading. 19th, Luton. 18th, Coventry. Uh, 17th, we have Birmingham City. 16th is QPR. 15th is Barnsley. 14th, Middlesbrough. 13th, Derby. 12th, Preston North End. In 11th, we have Blackburn. 10th, Watford. 9th, Bristol City. 8th, Bournemouth. 7th, Swansea. 6th, Stoke. 5th is Millwall. 
Fourth, we have Nottingham Forest. Third, we've got Norwich. Second, Cardiff. And of course, we have Brentford in top. So as I say, we'll be back again on Sunday. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Justin Peach. Thank you for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.